You're listening to another edition of the Carpaline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me today is the Director of Technical Service. His name is Paul. Last name is Jameis. Sometimes PJ. How's it going, sir? Good, Jack. Good. I think that's a new one. <laughs> Let a different cat out of the bag. I think we've talked that's a about. Good thing. I think we've talked about PJ before. I think we might have. Your alter ego. Yeah. But letting you're, the cat out of the bag is a good thing. Your childlike too. alter ego. That's right. Yeah. Actually, it just really cracks me up every time we're around your wife, and she's like, "PJ," because <laughs> like, like I know that like everybody in your real life calls you PJ, but like that's just I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I mean, I switched back to Paul, which you know I am a junior, so I'm, I was named after my dad. I switched to it when I had to start answering the phones for a living way back my first job, and it was amazing how many times people could mess up. PJ. He's like, okay, this is just, I, I, let me just go by Paul. Yeah. So I was the third and you know, they didn't call you Trey. No. Cause you know, that would require foreign language knowledge. Ah. <laughs> you know, they called me little Jack until I was bigger. And then even for a little while, <laughs> because they didn't know what else to call me. I was, I mean, if that's where we're going, I, I do have, I have an uncle. I'm Greek. I, I don't right. know if you could tell that by the name. My dad was Greek, and I was little Greek. Now, I'm bigger than my dad. Me too. But my whole childhood, I had one of my uncles that it was little Greek. But wasn't he Greek also, if he's your uncle? No, other side of the family. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. There you go. A little backstory. So you're not a full Greek then. You're just no. an imposter. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm like, I don't know, a fourth. So does that make you like an zero then <laughs> probably probably because ironically this weekend i was with my parents and my dad actually said it's a pretty good euro no he didn't yeah he that's, did. that's ridiculous and that's that was my response was i looked at him and i said that that's that's just blasphemous yeah that's not even the right meat or and, anything well, in that thing. okay so he did specify that you had to request lamb otherwise they would give it to you as turkey but they have lamb at all evidently haven't you listened to the commercial? I mean, I think I've eaten that thing, and while it's like, you know, fast food, it's But you not... didn't ask for the lamb. I don't know what I got. It's Arby's. You're usually having a low self-esteem day if you're eating there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I told him. I said, I'll just take his word for it, because I'm not going to try it. Have so. we ever gotten on our foodie soapbox on this thing? Uh, no, I don't think we have. <laughs> Did we tip our hat a little bit here? I think, I think they know now. The cat's <laughs> out of the bag. So, if you want to get in touch with us... And let us know that we're totally off the mark here. You can reach us on email, technicalservice at carbline.com. Jack's on the Twitter at Jack underscore CTSP. And I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. The last thing I'm going to say about that is I eat good in the neighborhood every day. And I don't ever go to the restaurant that uses that slogan. (laughs) Because that has to break some kind of yeah. federal advertising like don't isn't it law now that you have to actually advertise what it is that you do so then how can <laughs> advertise eating good in the neighborhood <laughs> that's not a thing at <laughs> yeah i it's been a long time since i've been one i mean if you like hockey pucks and well we do like hockey pucks we do we did just win the stanley cup but i don't like St. to Louis. eat them no all right so anyway that's enough about me if you want to stick up for Paul gave you the uh, yeah the old thing. Give and we might shot. have to bleep out that so that we don't get sued by. 
news because you know everybody listens to this. That's thing. right. All right. <laughs> so, actually, right now there's people in their cars going, "What's wrong with these?" <laughs> yeah. What's going on with Jack? <laughs> like, what did ever do to him? Maybe I should start. You know, like, have you ever seen Jim Gaffigan where he has the uh, inner voice? <laughs> I I like these. I mean. <laughs> Their steak is one of the best things I've ever had. Why has Jack got to hate that so much? So so now you're looking to bring in another lawsuit? Is that what? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're four minutes into the intro and five minutes into the intro, so we're going to be called wordy. Yeah. So That's anyway, okay. fireproofing. One of the big things that we have here at Carbaline and cementitious fireproofing. So one of the biggest problems and challenges that comes to applying cementitious fireproofing is making sure that you have the right equipment. So we work pretty closely with a company out of Indiana called HyFlex, and we were actually lucky enough to have the president, Alan Mills, join us to talk a little bit about HyFlex and talk a little bit about the pumps that they sell. So here's our interview with Alan. Today on the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, we're lucky enough to be joined by Alan Mills. Alan Mills is the president of HyFlex. And if you're not familiar with HyFlex, they make some really cool pumps. So one of the things that we've been doing is we have HyFlex uh, in here at the Carboline R&D headquarters with us. And Alan's here helping us go over some pump equipment and some pump setup with one of our fireproofing schools. So if you've never been to one of the fireproofing schools we do, they're a two-day session we sit down, we do a lot of hands-on, we do some classroom work, and we really get into the nitty-gritty of it. It's a really great thing if you're a fireproofer. And usually when we do it, we bring in Alan and his team, comes in and makes sure that we have all the right equipment set up and that anybody who has any equipment questions is able to come and ask. So, Alan, it really is great to have you here with us today. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you very much. Hey, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, we've been been coming to these shows for a long time and, and really enjoy them and, and get a lot out of them. I think we've probably probably been here for almost 10 years over over the course of time so it's been great to be be here with you guys so why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit about you know we said you make really cool pumps but give us a little bit more about high flex who you are what you do sure no be glad to uh, so we're a family-owned company uh, we have about 80 employees we're in knightstown indiana I'm the third generation of the company, so my grandfather started the company. He worked with with my father, Ben Mills. Is, Ernest Mills is my grandfather. Ben Mills is my dad. They've started out originally uh, in waterproof coatings, so uh, made a lot of waterproofing pumps back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and just kind of over time that transferred and, and got into fireproofing, uh, stuccos, plasters, other other types of coatings and pumps. Uh, so. Kind of fast forwarding up to where we're at now. I am an engineer, have an engineering degree from Purdue University, and have spent my whole entire life in in high flex and, and coatings and things. So very much, very much grew up in in the business, and uh, have just really, really done a lot of that kind of stuff. Jack, I don't know if you caught that. Did you? It's really been interesting as we've been doing these interviews as at NACE and SSPC. The amount of people that we've been able to talk to that are multi-generational, family-owned companies. It's such a great thing to see because sometimes, you know, we work for a corporation. We're not family-owned anymore. It's really great to see these family-owned businesses that are thriving and really fit these niche marks in the market. Absolutely. One of the things that we've seen is that you guys do a lot of custom pump design. Is that something that you guys have kind of specialized in? I know the pumps we use with you are kind of customized for what we do. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a few things that are really unique about our business. Um, so, and, and kind of to parlay into that, but a lot of people don't understand that we are a manufacturer for one thing. So we have a, a lot of customers that think that we maybe are just a distributor or just sell the equipment. But we, we really do have that ability to uh, specialize and customize things. There, there's a lot of things that are, are worked out and don't get customized because there's, you know, we've been doing this for over 50 years. So um, you get very, very good to, at it and you kind of know what most customers need. But um, I know Chad, our, our sales manager, Chad Swisher, he's got a project right now, uh, a gentleman from Canada. He had a, a specific application for uh, a truck mounted unit. So we we built the customized hangers for his hoses, the um, special stands and things to mount the equipment into the truck because he wasn't going to take it in and out of the truck. They're going to pump out of it. So we do have, we have four engineers on staff besides myself. Uh, we do, you know, we process about 10 million pounds of steel in our plant every year. And we have, have that granularity to be able to deliver something very, very custom and very, very quickly for our customers. So... I know that's one of the main things that our guys like uh, working with you guys is that when they need something, you know, you usually have it. And if you don't have it, you either get it made, fabricated or brought in really quickly. The turnaround's just fantastic. So it is a great ability to be able to have somebody to work with like yourself that that has those those resources available. And that's one of the things that we learned very early on. If you don't have it, people in this industry typically have a very quick need and we see that every day and so we we have the largest inventory in in probably the world on fireproofing equipment we stock over a million dollars of equipment on the floor uh, we're very attentive to shipping things same day when people need them we have we have you know over 30 machines different machines in stock at any given time we can build probably another 30 to 50 machines at any given time and all the hoses all the fittings all the reducers just everything that kind of goes along with with the business we've got all that there so Let's take a minute and talk about that because, you know, we've had a couple episodes where we talked about airless spray and we talked about plural component spray, but th that's not what we're talking about here at all. We're talking about literally pumping and moving cement for an oversimplification. So kind of <laughs> give us a little overview of kind of the nuts and bolts of this equipment. Sure. Just by the nature of it, I mean, there's we've got aggregates in there with the cement, so they're very abrasive. We... You know, we see actually downstairs today, just met with some of your customers. There's a lot of painting people that come into this business. And so I think it's always interesting to try and differentiate that for the painting people because it is a different business. The The maintenance on the equipment's different. The um, You have to keep up with your, with your lubrication points and things. You have to keep the cement built up off of the machines. And there's probably the, the biggest thing that we see that detracts from the equipment out in the field is just poor, poor housekeeping with it. So. But it is very, very interesting. We're using really large hoses. Um, our people that come into this from the painting industry are used to like a 3 8 ID hose, and we're using, you know, we start off with a 2-inch hose. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was one of the biggest things when I kind of started dipping my toe in the fireproofing was, you know, it's really the relationship of smaller than a garden hose when you're talking about airless spray <laughs> paint. And now we're looking at, you know, fire hoses. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really amazing the scale difference. And, you know, when you tell somebody to drag that hose out there, well, when you've got 50 feet of two-inch hose filled with cement, you're not dragging it very far. <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. And uh, there, there's a lot of safety aspects that I think people uh, don't always pick up on. Your airless paint hoses, they're connected. When we're 
connecting fireproofing hoses, we really should be using safety slings and things. So if they do become disconnected, that the ends the ends don't become um, projectiles and, and hit people in the head. We see that a lot when we're out in the field training with new people. Like young people don't understand how how dangerous a two inch fireproofing hose is. If you disconnect that under full pressure, I mean, you can get really ser- seriously hurt. So training is really important for these people. So and that's one of the things we touched on too in some of our other spraying techniques is that safety is the number one thing that you have to to keep in mind when you're doing these projects. One thing that I was very impressed with, I think the first time I ever really paid attention to pumping this heavy cementitious material, which by the way, when I said cementitious at our local corrosion school, we do a corrosion school on top of these fireproofing schools. Every attendee thought I was making up a word. <laughs> well, yeah. you have a tendency to do that. So, like, I was saying cementitious, and it was about the third or fourth time the guy in the front row chuckled. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's so funny? And he's like, I have no idea what that word is. And I'm like, yeah. and then, like, three so he's o- a listener to the podcast. Three he knows other, you make them up. Huh? Three other guys were like, what? Are you? I said cementitious. Cement? In nature. And then some other guy goes, well, isn't that just cement? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, sidebar. We were talking about training. Yeah. So, well, I was going to talk about a little bit about some of the the inner workings here. A lot of times, like in, like your traditional when, you know, I'm a paint guy. So it's, you got pistons moving up and down. One of the things that really drew me in that I first noticed about like your equipment, equipment like this is the auger. (laughs) (laughs) sure so could you talk a little bit about what that process is to get that material moving through a pump and to the finished substrate sure there's two different directions we go with the equipment so we have have the machines have the augers in the bottom Uh, those are rotor stator pumps uh, and they're rotary in nature and those are very good for heavier and thicker materials so uh, like carbolene's uh, 241 for example that's a very thick material Primarily, that's only going to go through a rotor stator. You really need the auger in the bottom. It helps feed and push that into into the pump um, entrance. The other type of pump that there is, and and there's several different brands and kinds of them out there, but is is the piston pump. So it's a lot more like what your paint pump's going to be, where you have uh, reciprocating pistons that that move that material. But uh, there there really still is a, a place for rotary pumps. We sell them every day. I think one of the neatest things about the rotary pump is it's just really got a wide range of uses. So there's not not a lot of limitation to it. So we see guys using them for really small jobs all the way up to thicker jobs. But if you get into a job where you're going to have maybe some, some low density products, but maybe, maybe parking garages are a good example. Some place where you have some exterior claddings, where you're going to have some heavier, heavier coatings to withstand the weathering on the outside. We see a lot of guys who like to use a rotor stator pump on those types of jobs because they can kind of do the whole job with that, with that application. Do it with one pump. Yeah. Yeah. As we were talking about a minute ago, training, and we've seen, you guys have some videos that we've seen online, some YouTube stuff. What kind of uh, setup and training do you guys have for when somebody when they buy a new pump and they're, they're getting set up? Yeah, you know, kind of like with this podcast, there's just so many different ways that you can do training these days. We've done, and it's, it's just a whole host of things. So we, we started doing the videos because one thing that we noticed was the people that you go out and train the first time, there's going to be more need like in the future for that customer. So they're going to have different guys come on the cruise. They're going to start new crews. They're going to have employees come and go. So the videos are out there so that they can, I was just your guys' customers and we were talking, he really appreciates having those, those videos. Cause we've come and we've done hands-on training. We've done maintenance, working with his group of guys and just doing the hands-on stuff. But then he can point them back to those videos later on and 
really just kind of refresh or touch things back up. And that that's really the, I think, the power of the video and, and the electronic things. Besides that, we've done webinar type training. So we've, we can do like a live feed back and forth. So we've done that classroom settings with some of the bigger mm-hmm. companies in their training facilities. We've done, you know, using the iPhone. I mean, that's a pretty popular way that our technician does a lot with guys. Like even even just on the job repairs and that sort of thing. Like we can get right down to it. He can hear the pump. He can see the pump. And so there's, there are a lot of ways that we can touch the customer there. Yeah. We've had that same, we're starting to get more and more with our sales reps. And so it's the same thing, you know, just turn your phone around. Let me, let me see what you're seeing because you're not describing what I understand. So it really is a powerful tool that we sometimes forget we have. Sure. With our company and I just kind of going on along the training portion, one of our biggest competencies that we hear a lot back from our customers is is that ability to get right to somebody in our manufacturing facility that really knows the equipment and get that very very detailed knowledge so i think that's something that, that HyFlex really does well and uh, it, it it's so important for for the customer to be able their time and their money is always going out the window when the equipment's not pumping so. right <laughs> right why don't you tell us a little bit about how you're able to communicate with the customer to find out exactly what it is they need to to put something together for them. I think the biggest thing is just I like to be able to get across people. I'm amazed at how many people don't understand that we're literally, that we're selling, that we are the manufacturer and that we're selling everything more than just a pump. Customers have have a need. A lot of times they've got a job that's starting or they've they've just underestimated or underplanned. And so we're we're always able to deliver to the job site the you know the mixer, the alum setup, the hoses, the whole turnkey package, and that saves a lot of a lot of time and money for the contractor. So often they're trying to use three or four different vendors to find all this different stuff, and I think it can be very powerful just to call one place and get all that stuff. So, so once again, that's Alan Mills. He's the president of HyFlex. Thank you very much for coming in, Alan. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me today. If you guys have any more questions, you can go to HyFlexCorp.com. That's H-Y-F-L-E-X-C-O-R-P.com for more information on HyFlex. And we'll see you next week. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support. Say, Carbo.